The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And, you know, we really have been enjoying doing this series lately on the AI Today podcast on ethical and responsible AI. And it comes from the fact that a lot of our customers and a lot of our clients, a lot of our listeners, a lot of the people we work with are trying to do AI right, which is great. Well, nobody really wants to do AI wrong. It's kind of silly to even say that, but it's amazing how many people really are doing AI wrong, even if they don't say it. It's it's unusual that we have these conversations with some people who are very senior in their organization sometimes. We kind of wonder a little bit about this title, chief data officer. We wonder a little bit about that. But the truth is, is that there's not a lot of emphasis on doing AI right. Instead, there's a lot of emphasis on hiring people and uh, you know solving AI problems with products, buying better products. But people and products... If you, you can build whatever you want, the, the vendors aren't going to tell you no, that you can't do something. And if the people don't know what they're doing, they, they'll, they're happy to let you burn millions of dollars and, and years of your time with nothing to show for it. And that's actually what the statistic shows, that 75 to 80% of AI projects are failing for a lot of reasons. We actually have a whole AI failure series uh, set of podcasts, like 10 different podcasts where we talk about all those reasons why AI is failing. And it always comes down to it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it. So doing AI right. And that's what methodology is all about. It's a complicated word, but it's just the right way, the way to do something. And in particular, we're advocates of the cognitive project management for AI methodology, CPMAI. What we realized is that even though people may know how to do it right, they're still not necessarily doing the right thing. They're building AI systems that violate people's trust, that have all sorts of issues in their data and their bias and their fairness and you know, have unexplainable systems and cause all sorts of problems with harm. There's no security guardrails. So we realized we need to add to CPMAI. And that's when we added CPMAI plus E, the enhancement on CPMAI to doing AI right and ethical. And so what we've been doing in these podcasts is sharing excerpts from our training and certification on the subject. Exactly. And so it's important to note these are just excerpts. So if you are interested in getting CPMAI plus E certified, going through all of the training that we have, I will link to it in the show notes, and I encourage you to check that out. Uh, and you can sign up directly on our site. It's definitely money and time well invested in yourself so that you can get everything you know that you need to build ethical and responsible AI systems, and also have that framework in place so your organization does not get in the news for things that it shouldn't get in the news for. We've gone through a number of of podcasts now in this Ethical and Responsible AI series, covering a variety of different topics around AI and data fairness and bias, uh, AI and data privacy, safety and security, disclosure and consent, system transparency. We also talked about why is ethical and responsible AI necessary at all to begin with? You know, why why even care about it? And then we also talked about a framework for ethical and responsible AI. In today's episode, we want to talk about AI auditability, traceability, and system control. This is really important. You know, all of these areas are incredibly important. We said they should, none of them should be overlooked. All of them should be treated equally. You may spend more time 
uh, on certain ones than others, but really all of them need to be taken into consideration because not all uh, algorithms are transparent. And so, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more talking about uh, kind of explainable and interpretable AI in a following podcast. But today, you know, it's really about auditability, traceability, and system control. What does that mean? Why do you want to have AI auditability? What does traceability mean and why does it matter? And then what about system control? Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that you are addressing the questions and the topics that you need to to build ethical and responsible AI systems. So with that, now we'll play the snippet from the CPMAI plus E education, the training. So one of the first things that we need to have in place for controls, if we're going to be using AI systems in the real world with real customers and real employees and, and just all the real things, and things will go wrong. We talked about all those things that can go wrong in all these previous aspects of the framework. One of the things you want to know is like, okay, well, let's at least keep track of the, the various different aspects of the AI system so that when things do go wrong, it could figure out what happened, right? You may or may not be able to fix things. At least we know what happened. If you don't know what happened, it's impossible to fix anything. So there's really two related ideas that come to, this, to the same point of trying to figure out what happened or what when things go wrong. The first thing is that we need, systems need to be auditable. Like it's just the the fact that the systems just have to have some ability to be auditable. If they're not auditable, then you could try as much as you want and it'll just be this big black box. And all you'll know is that somebody had a loan decision denied or some low credit limit and you won't know exactly why. So the first thing is that our AI systems need to be auditable. There's auditability. They need to, they need to have some sort of way of keeping track of what's called data provenance, which is knowing how one piece of data ended up in a model, which ended up in a decision, right? Procurement, like how did we get the data or even how would, did we get the AI systems, all of the aspects of procurement? Where did it come from? Was this an internal model? Did we get it from a third party? Was it an off-the-shelf model, open-source model, right? Anything that we did to the data, any pre-processing steps, cleaning it, augmenting it, because there may have been a mistake. You know, Maybe when I augmented it, I combined two bad pieces or a good piece of data with a bad piece of data, right? You never know, right? Lineage as to what happened to this data over time and then different aspects of storage and security. So it's not saying we're not actually tracing anything at this point. It's just we're putting into place these controls so we have this structure so that later we can go back and figure it out. And that's what the second part is, traceability, which is that we should have some way of doing some sort of audit trail to document the full process from the time we collected a piece of data to training the model to the actual decision or whatever we did. And we need to sort of figure out how to capture that uh, without being a burden, right? So we need to have data that's relevant to the trans to the traceability it needs to be stored to, to have it. Cause somebody may come back for a decision that was made say three months ago, or I may have a process that may, that may even be sort of a year in the making. So I can't just I can't get rid of this data, so I need to store this data somewhere. I don't want it to be altered. I don't want people going in there and messing with it as well. And it also needs to be secure. So we can't, you know, the log itself can't be insecure. People have actually been hacked when people have found logs that are used for things like, like auditability, and they realize that there's personal information in there, and they don't have to actually hack the database or the original source, which might be under lock and key. They just need to find this log somewhere. So you have to be careful with that as well. 
And that sort of brings us to like the third point, which is that we really can't be having our data engineers and our data scientists and machine learning engineers, all these people having them worry about recording every single thing. And because, you know, they won't, right? <laughs> They're just too busy trying to actually do their job, you know, trying to build these models and manage these models to have to do with auditability and traceability. But we can put in some automated systems. So if you think about what we did for DevOps, you know, we have continuous integration, continuous development. So we have these automated testing systems. So every single time you check in some piece of code, it runs through a whole bunch of tests to make sure you didn't break something, right? Integration tests and individual tests and unit tests, because we know that developers don't like testing their stuff. Let's just be honest. So these things happen automatically. Same thing with cybersecurity. Developers make all sorts of uh, mistakes. They, They make holes in their system and they're not going to spend the time to check them against cybersecurity vulnerabilities or flaws or reopening a problem that was already fixed. So they, so in the cybersecurity realm, in the DevOps realm, we've worked ways of automating that stuff where every single time we make a change, something gets kicked off automatically. And that's the sort of thing we're going to want to do here for AI as well, for the data, just stuff to automatically keep track of all the things we talked about to give us that confidence that we need that if something does go wrong, at least we could figure it out. At least we have a way to trace something. We may not have a great answer, but at least we can figure out what what that particular impact was. Exactly. And it's incredibly important to be thinking about this when you're building out your framework. So how are you going to have systems be auditable and how are you going to have them be traceable? We always want to point out real-world examples when we are showing you these different areas to focus on because we want to show you what's going on in the real world, how other companies, large organizations with incredibly smart people may not be fully thinking this through and can uh, you know, present problems. And we want to make sure that you're avoiding these problems. So we have a few you know, headlines. One says, independent auditors are struggling to hold AI companies accountable. And the next one says, it may soon be everywhere, but AI needs audit trails. And it's incredibly important to understand that it does need an audit trail. How are you going to put that in place? And then as we said, make sure that you are also thinking about automation here, because if you are requiring the humans to do it, it's just not going to happen for a variety of different reasons. They're going to be bogged down by that and not be able to do their job. They're going to find it tedious. And so, you know, they may also make mistakes. So make sure that you do have automation in place for that. The considerations that you're going to want to think about for your building your ethical and responsible AI framework are what requirements and processes will you put in place to record and document decisions and data used for AI systems? You'll also want to be addressing what controls or approaches will you use to ensure the creation of AI and data audit trails without imposing an undue burden on AI implementers. These are both incredibly important because you want to make sure that you're thinking about this, especially ahead of time, so that if there is an issue, you know how your audit trail is and your traceability is, and also making sure that you're thinking through how you won't burden the AI implementer so that it actually gets done. So going along with this auditability and traceability and going along with finding the vulnerabilities yourself doing these assessments is this putting just general controls in place. So having standard processes and procedures by which we run our AI and manage and and develop our AI systems and deal with data, right? Uh, Having those standard procedures and processes in place will make it easier for us to do auditability and traceability and, and vulnerability scanning because we're not doing things in completely random ways, right? 
And so we have the AI system control. So, so setting up uh, the required processes for de in development and deployment and management. Clearly, this is really something that has to be done in collaboration. The machine learning teams and data science teams, data engineering teams, everybody kind of has to come together and agree upon standard methods. Of course, you're all using CPMAI, the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology for running your project. So the actual project management approach, that should be standardized. So everybody should be using the same thing with business understanding. But even within the CPMAI, we have different ways of doing things like documenting the business understanding, recording our data understanding as well, doing our data preparation. And within each of those phases, we can come up with an organizational standard to say, here's how we're going to do the data prep. Here's how we'll do the business understanding. We'll document it in a very particular way. And this will actually help. The reason why we want to do that is, of course, it's nice to do things in the same way, but also because it helps us with these other issues of auditability and traceability and uh, vulnerability scanning and all that sort of stuff, assessments. So we want to establish some sort of periodic review where we can review all of our systems to make sure that they're compliance. And if we have standard systems, it does make it easier, right? We want to make sure that we have tools that we can use to audit and log and monitor to security, reliability, safety, detect abuse, bias mitigation. We want to make sure they're all working too, not just make sure we have them in place, but the purpose of governance is do these tools work? Are they actually spotting the problems? Are they helping? Are they really identifying vulnerabilities? Because if they don't work, it's sort of like, the, think of it like backup. Like everybody knows they need to back up their data and people may have backups in place. But if you don't actually test your backups, how do you know that your backups work? You don't want to test them when you actually need to restore from them and realize that the hard drive is dead or the backup didn't copy all the files or something's wrong, right? So you need to find a way to actually restore from backup on a periodic basis to test it. That's basically what we're doing with the AI system controls and the data controls. We want to put in the actual mechanisms for the governance and safeguarding the privacy and security and all the things that we need to do and test it, make sure it works. That's what governance is for, having these processes in place, having these organizational stuff in place to say, yes, we do have these security vulnerability checks. We test them every month. We Everybody who's developing develops with them in mind. So it'll give you, again, that sense of confidence in yourself and your organization, and that makes your AI systems trustworthy. We have sort of related news to this. I mean, it's kind of like talking about having controls in place doesn't really make the news that much because it's a very organization-specific thing. So all we can look at is to find uh, examples of when people did not have controls in place and see what happened. And again, these are examples from major corporations who have invested heavily in AI. So if they're making these mistakes, you too will probably make these mistakes. So get ahead of these mistakes. Don't make mistakes like these big guys, right? So you may have heard that Zillow was using AI to uh, determine house prices and was using their AI system to actually get in the business of buying homes that they thought were valued you know, better than the market. Going in there, doing some things and then flipping it or selling it, or even maybe just getting into the rental business. But they shut that down. They shut that down uh, just a few years after they rolled it out, laid off a quarter of their employees, which is a lot uh, of their employees, and they exited the whole home buying business. And you might say, the reason for this is that they really lacked a lot of controls in how they went about actually implementing their, their AI home buying process. It kind of went off the rails very, very quickly. People started getting into um, you know this, this process where they're just buying homes and buying homes and not really 
uh, evaluating whether or not that worked. Now we talk about this a lot in our in our CPMAI methodology, where we talk about the failure series here, because there's a this is an aspect of the whole project failing because of a lack of business understanding and you know mismatch of ROI and things like that. But from an ethical perspective, if Zillow had in place strong AI controls, they would have. Uh, handled a lot of these issues much differently. And Zillow really got a lot of bad publicity for their home buying practices. And people really started feeling negatively about the company as a whole. They felt that they were um, increasing home prices and doing all this sorts of stuff that was not conducive to the market. So let's have some controls in place so that we can make sure that people aren't doing things they're not supposed to, that we're not uh, going off the rails because people are are getting overly excited about AI and, and taking it a little bit too far. Exactly. And again, we always like to bring up news and real world examples so that we can show how this happens when you don't have a proper framework in place and what can go wrong. So, I mean, I don't think that anybody wants to be laying off 25% of their employees and shutting down an entire you know, business unit that they have because of lack of controls. So considerations that you'll want to take into account in this part of the framework is processes that you'll put in place to ensure the continued compliance with established practices of the framework for AI and data systems, and also how you will make sure that the burden of compliance isn't so great that people will be motivated to skip or work around those controls. It's great in theory if you're going to have all this compliance, but in practice, if you make it too difficult, then how are people going to try and work around that? And then you actually don't have anything in place. So make sure that you are addressing these considerations during your framework so that you have the correct processes in place that will actually be followed. So um, hopefully you learned now that, you know, even if the, you don't want to have AI systems that are doing stuff without anybody knowing how things are done. Even if the algorithm itself doesn't provide any explanation, if you have like no logging of what's happening, no auditing as to how the decisions were made, when the decisions were made, you know, who made decisions as to how the AI system was constructed or system controls, you want to be like, well, we released a chatbot and oh my goodness, it's doing crazy racist things. Who knew? The answer is like, well, you should have known, first of all, so shame on you. But is nobody paying attention? Are they really just sort of setting it, forgetting it? Oh, my God. It's like one of the favorite things we talk about. It's like AI is not a set it and forget it thing. But here we go. Organizations like Meta and Facebook are setting it and forgetting it. I mean, they I mean, they're not truly leaving it to its own devices, but it certainly feels like that. Right. But if they have no mechanism by which they can show that they're auditing or they're they're providing systems of control, then that's what people will believe. And people might say, oh, well, you say there's somebody in control, but it sure doesn't look like it. They're not going to trust it. Again, this all comes down to trust, ethics and response. It's not just kind of skirting on the edge of uh, what people might find acceptable. It's like even even if you're doing things legally, even if you're doing things without breaking any rules or regulations, you still might be doing things in a bad way and people are not going to trust you. And they're just like, they're just not going to work with you anymore. So that's what we're trying to help you get away from. Because when people decide not to work with the AI system that you just spent months, years building, millions of dollars building, it is a failure. Your project has failed. doesn't matter. Like we built a great model. It's like, yeah, no one's using it. So failure, you know, (laughs) I know it's a great that you built a model shelfware model. (laughs) 
So, so that that's why we're, we're you know that's why this comes together. That's why it's not just ethics on the one side and methodology on the other. It is CPMEI plus E, the two together. One plus one equals three. The sum is greater than its parts. It's knowing how to do things right and doing it the right way. And that's how you avoid uh, failure. And that's how you, you know, make system success. And it's like, look, let's be honest. It's like less than 2,500 bucks. You can get yourself certified. You'll know how to do it. And then this is a signal to your organization and your your, uh, employer and future employers that you are worth hiring for this. And that's what we're starting to see. People are recognizing the value of these certifications and it's adding value to it. So I know we're harping on it a lot, but there's a reason why. Right, because we want to make sure that people are understanding how to do AI right from both running it, a project management perspective, and then also how to ethically and responsibly build AI systems. We are big advocates of doing AI right, and so we thought it was so important. We have dedicated and devoted an entire podcast series to this topic, as well as enhanced our CPMAI certification with the Plus E ethics, because it is so incredibly important. So hopefully by now, you know, we're well into this podcast series, the Ethical and Responsible AI series. Hopefully by now, you're really starting to understand and agree with us how important this is. There have been a number of listeners that have already reached out to us and have signed up for CPMAI Plus E. So thank you to everybody who has done that. If you're interested in signing up yourself, I will link to it in the show notes. You can uh, purchase directly on our site. Like Ron said, it really is you know, well worth the investment so that you can feel confident that you are doing things in an ethical and responsible way when it comes to AI. This is an individual level certification, so it carries with you no matter what organization that you are with. So invest in yourself for AI project success. We also love to hear from our listeners. You know, this is part of the reason why we have this educational series, because so many of our listeners have told us that they've enjoyed our previous ones and wanted to hear more. You can email us at info at cognolitica.com. That's C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com to tell us what you like about our podcasts, what you'd like to hear more of as well. Uh, We've had a number of people uh, uh, email us about different topics that they want us to cover, just, you know, specific individual topics. So thank you to everybody that's reached out. And definitely don't be shy. Reach out. We like to hear from you. Uh, If you've not already done so, subscribe to AI Today podcast because we do have additional episodes in this series and you'll get notified when they come out. And then we have some upcoming interviews as well and some other areas that we want to be digging into. So you will get all of those notifications if you are subscribed to AI Today. We also love five-star reviews from our listeners. Uh, You can rate us at iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. We love to hear and read all of the reviews from our listeners as well to hear the episodes that you've really enjoyed and topics that you've enjoyed and areas you want us to dig deeper. So with that, we hope that you've enjoyed this snippet today about AI auditability, traceability, and system control. And with that, uh, we will, you know, I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. 
We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you.